Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor V. Hi, road to growth listeners. Today, I have Kersha Campbell, a CPA, trainer, author, CMA, speaker. The list goes on and on. And when you hear her talk, you're going to realize that she's from New Jersey. I'm joking. <laughs> Jamaica. All right. Th- th- thank you, uh, Kersha, for being here. And I thank you so much for having me, Vivian, all the work you're doing. It's amazing, the impact. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, I saw I saw your face. And if you're listening to us, uh, audio, you missed her face just drop. Uh, when I said that, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm really New Jersey. That's what you thought. But yeah, from Jamaica. When did you uh, uh, come out here from uh, Jamaica to uh, the United States? I came in about nine years ago. Yes, nine years ago I left from Jamaica to Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Canada. Okay. Um, yes. Well, so walk us through uh, a young kid who was a, a young Kersha in Jamaica. <laughs> a young Kersha was. Uh, I went through various things as, as, as a child. I was not very athletic, so that led me a lot of times to be the last one picked <laughs> at physical education by my friends. I had those. I was always an organizer, too. I'm the only girl in my family, so I was kind of next to my mom, organizing, planning, managing finances. So that was it. I was very shy and timid growing up. I do remember that I was afraid to talk. So it's like a three, six, no, it's like a 180 degree turn now being a speaker, author and all that. So it's, it's been quite a journey and it's really exciting. <laughs> well, well, you said that you were kind of the planner and you were also the organizer doing the finances. At how young of an age were you kind of assisting your mom and taking on that role? From high school, so that was being a teen. I started high school at, I think, 10 or 11. So it was in that period. So I would be there. My mom would go away for the holidays, and I would be managing, you know, paying the bills, buying food, and just taking care of the home, ensuring this is done. So I really, when I reflect, I realized I really started that early in this whole financial world. (laughs) Did, did you take on the role with, with happiness, excitement, or were you kind of forced into the role? To be honest, I just saw it as what I had to do. It was just, there was no resistance. I just knew that growing up, this was what I had to do in terms of responsibility. As a girl growing up in Jamaica, most times you have to take on that role of the home, ensuring it's clean. You're, you just, it's like by default, right? And It was just something I knew that I just had to do. My father was away most of the time. So I know that I just knew that I had to support my mom, my brothers, other persons who who are always at our home in just the best way I could. What is the the schooling system in Jamaica? Is it, do you pick kind of a major, how they do in Europe or is it general, like they do in the US or what's the the process in uh, Jamaica? Well, definitely you can pick your majors from high school. You can start focusing on, are you going to do the sciences, chemistry, biophysics, or are you going to do the arts? You you are able to choose your streams. And of course, in university, you again, are able to choose as well. So what were you, what was your path at a, at a young age in like high school and, and university? What were you kind of focusing on? 
Initially, I focused on the sciences. I was en route to be a pediatrician. <laughs> and then I, I, I got a block when it came to physics. And it's something I always think about. I was like, I should have probably pushed more, got support, additional tutoring. And so that was it. I was en route to do um, medical in, in the medical world. And then <laughs> I was introduced to accounting in fourth form. Yeah, so probably that's great six or five equivalent but anyways I fell in love initially it was just I was just automatically good at it and I was like okay I'll switch courses and go that path so that was kind of the process I did go through with you know choosing my career path <laughs> and then from university were you working simultaneously while you're going to school or was it university and then jumping into the workforce or what was the process like so I would work summers um okay. summer breaks during school it's not that easy in jamaica to have a job while you're going to school there not a lot of options at that time so after university then i went straight into the workforce and i i decided i was gonna complete my accounting designation that was a struggle because uh, I, I don't know what what was happening, if I wasn't mm. focused enough. Sometimes I, I'm not too sure, but I was just not passing. I would probably miss it by a mark. And it was a huge struggle because based on my track record and what's expected, it was like, this would not be a hurdle. I, I remember my friend, one of my friends, she was like, Kershaw, seriously, why are you not passing? I mean, this is not you. And I had to go to that those struggles to really there's so much you go through when you're failing right you it questions your self-worth it questions your value i mean you're here you are in a in, in the corporate world working and you don't have your designation right because you know that is it the designation tells so much so that was a huge hurdle for me you know completing my designation and I, I went through so many emotions, your self-worth, is this worth it? Trying so many different things. So eventually I I did pass and I was pretty excited. <laughs> what, uh, were your family very supportive, friends? I mean, you're saying going through the emotions of not passing, kind of slowly missing it. What was your support system? Well, definitely my family, my mom was always supportive. Keep trying, go again. I didn't get a lot of pressure from my bosses, my directors in the corporate space. However, you do know that if you're failing, you're just not going to be advancing as much. So they had no question about if I could do the job. However, you just didn't have that to show that, you know, for the record, you did have it. So I felt in fear. I felt like I was a fail. I thought, what was wrong? Why can't I just pass? It was just, I think it was probably the first time in my life I was failing exams because I went to high school, university, pretty good. And it was, it, it led me to question myself a lot to wonder, you know, am I really who I say I am? Am I like an imposter? Am I like just going off course with life? Or am I just, is my life just like a huge failure? <laughs> is this the end? And it's, it's really interesting when you look back to see the lessons that I learned because I'd wanted to specialize in a certain area when it under in account in the accounting world of designation, there are different areas you can specialize in. So initially I was going to specialize in that focus on when you are like in the audit world and taxes. 
However, after being in the corporate world for a while, I realized that I wanted to go deeper behind the behind what was happening, beyond the numbers, I call it. I wanted to dive deeper into what was happening in the organization. And then that my constant failures led me to, okay, I could try specializing in this area. It got me really excited, you know, getting into key indicators, budgets, growth of the company, profits, all that cash flow. So it eventually led me to change the area in accounting that I would specialize in. And that was like a light bulb moment for me that gave me options. Still, I was sad that I kept failing, but I'm happy <laughs> that I eventually changed my specialized area in, in accounting for my designation. Now, once you pass, uh, your, what's the process next? Are you staying with that same company? How long with that company for? What's, the, what's next after you pass? So after I passed, I was actually in Canada already. I transitioned to Canada. That's another story. So I'd already transitioned to Canada. And then I was still working in corporate in large organizations, government, health authorities, and so forth. And after my twin babies were born, I realized that I need to realize I need to take that step to really start my own business, my own journey, which is something that was on my list of things to do over the years. So that was how I eventually transitioned into having my own business. What brought you to Canada? To be honest, growing up, I always liked traveling. I always liked exploring new places. We actually visited Canada's family growing up and the, and the States. So in while I was I finished high school, I was there working in corporate in Jamaica. I wanted a change, and I said I got the opportunity to come to Canada. I had family here in Canada, and to complete my designation, and it was a tough decision. It's something. It was a lot of mixed emotions. I I was excited. I was sad. I was having second guesses because at that point in my corporate career, I was next to the director, the manager, the financial, you know, the director of finance and so forth. And we had a tightly knit management team, a tightly team, and we had great plans for the company, you know, in terms of transition and growth. And I felt like I was disappointing my 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 bosses, my directors. So I grappled with that a lot. I remember my VP, he was crying when I was leaving and I was just, I was just so broken. I was like, what am I doing here? I'm just messing up the plan. So I did struggle with that leaving. And, uh, th you know, I just, I knew it was something I really wanted to do. I, I knew that if I did it, I would have uh, less regrets than if I did not do it. It's, it's one of those things where you just want to do it and see what happens. If you fail, if you have to change course plan, but you just want to do it. And I, I did it <laughs> in spite of all the mixed emotions. <laughs> did you see when you went to Canada a difference how business, how work was looked upon, like compared to Canada and Jamaica? I mean, what were the differences, if there were any differences? Yeah, there were lots of differences. There are differences with the culture, how certain businesses are operated. I was living from Jamaica where it was very, very strictly regulated. Um, we had tight controls in the company. There, there were a lot of that. And I was exposed to some companies here. Not all companies are like that, but where things are not that 
you know, regulated, that strict. And that was a culture shock for me. Another one was with the terminology. There, I mean, accounting is universal, but there are some terminologies that were different. And I had to grapple with that. I remember once one of my bosses here, they were like, why can't you just use our terms? And, you know, I felt a little broken there because I was like, here I am, an immigrant, a new immigrant. I don't know all the Canadian terms. I'm doing my best. So I did have a lot of that in ter- just in terms of approach. In Jamaica, it's some for some people, you work nonstop. <laughs> that was me working nonstop. And in Canada, when in a particular company I was with, I realized that it doesn't matter what is happening. They're going on their vacation. They're going on their leave. So it was quite an eye-opener for me to see just how just the culture are different, how you approach work and so forth are really different. Where do you think that that comes from, that mindset? I mean, that it's, it sounds like a lot of people, I guess in Canada, when you were there around you, were just focusing on work and living to work. While in Canada, they had more of an, an idea that, hey, we need to have a good life, a good quality life. Where do you think that idea in Can- uh, Jamaica comes from of I need to work, I, I have to work, I have to make money? It, it comes from just that need to survive. You need to make ends meet. You need to, and a lot of it too, you grew up seeing your parents, those around you working a lot. So you think that if you take a break or take a vacation, you were, you're looked upon strange or you're found, you feel guilty. Because I remember there are times, even if I took a day off from work in Jamaica, and if you're going to just relax that, you are seen, oh, you're looked upon different and you start to feel like, okay, you're doing something so wrong. So just that culture, just the way of life, it's different just how you're perceived. And I use culture broadly because even more than culture is who those persons who are around you, who you are seeing, because you can come from the same country, but you're on different persons and that immediate circle will impact you. And that's one of the things. So it was something, it was a good learning experience, learning to rest and take breaks. I mean, we can't go wrong with that, right? So that was definitely something that resonated with me when I when I did relocate. How long did it take you to feel it was okay once you moved to Canada and started taking breaks? Did it Was it fairly quick or was it something over time where you, where you basically still felt like you were doing something wrong when you were taking breaks or taking vacations and things like that? It took me a, a few years to really realize that it was okay and I need to think about health and it's it's having that integration. I don't use the word balance. I use integration when it comes to all the moving parts in your life. So it did take me a few years to realize that it's okay. It's okay that you go to the gym, you take care of your body, you go on a vacation, those things are okay. So after transitioning a few years and seeing successful people around me, VPs, directors, they are prioritizing their family, they are prioritizing their health, they are, you know, um, they're not working until the hours of the night, uh, even when you have crunch time reporting with the government and so forth, they work late, but it's not all the time, right? These are specific reasons. So that really led me to realize that I had to really review my life <laughs> and my focus and priorities for sure. Now you get the idea that you want to start your own business and start your own company. What was that transition like 
Was it a, a quick one? Hey, I'm going to leave here. Was it a slow burn? What was that transition like for you to start your own business? It was not an easy transition. I actually, after I had my twin boys, I went back to work. I was working and coming home with them. It, it was a very intense period, very, very intense. And then I was just alone there. And uh, most of my family had relocated to another part of Canada. And then I decided it was time I needed more support. It was just not working. It was just too intense. And so then I I relocated with the intention, okay, I will, you know, you know, go back to work. However, after I relocated, I realized that I really wanted to, they were getting older. I wanted to spend more time with them. I'd always um, taught with the idea of homeschool and working from home, you know, having more flexibility and options. And I, it was time. So it wasn't an easy transition because again, a lot of persons around me, that's not the norm. And that's again, you see the importance of who your circle is, who those who are around you are. So it wasn't easy. A lot of my immediate friends, um, they're not doing that. So it was, it led it to, are you doing the right thing? Are you looked upon as strange <laughs> or frowns or so? It led me to really just be more confident and certain about what I wanted because sometimes if you are not confident, you can just be easily sweet. If you're having double-mindedness or swerving uncertainty, then it can really get you all, all over the place. And you, you will have moments where you're not certain, but if it's something ongoing that you never, ever say, okay, I'll make this decision, whoever turns out fine, then it can really get you in a bad spot. And I, I had periods of those, but it's just about taking those baby steps to move away from those spiraling, confusing moments and chaotic moments. Well, again, people, I mean, people go away either from fear or towards pleasure. What was pushing you through those low moments to say, I need to start my own business and not go back to a steady paycheck? I realized that, to be honest, the more I read about those who were ahead of me in this journey were more successful, I realized that it did give me so many more options. And especially realizing the importance of a lifestyle where you have integration, you go on vacations, you can just relax with your little ones. Or even if you don't have little ones, relax and do other things apart from work. That really pushed me to really do it. And another thing I... I, a lot of times I want to always do my best at everything. I always want to do my best. So I didn't want to start and stop. I wanted to just keep going and see how the how this reached out. And sometimes, you, I mean, there was a lot of fear. I was fearful to go back to that space of being burnt out and overworked. I didn't want to go back there. I wanted a different quality of life for sure. Now, you go on the path of starting your own business. What were some of the, the hiccups, hurdles, and kind of building your brand in uh, kind of starting your own, own, own business? Definitely, there were quite a few. One of them I recall was the fact that I'm an immigrant, right? So you have that difference with how you speak, how you might relate. So having that transition that as an immigrant, that was one of the hurdles I had to really look within myself and realize that I did have value. I brought something to the table or as the same goes, I could create my own table. And 
I remember when I was offered, there was a project at the Chamber of Commerce and they needed an accountant to come in and I was like, okay, can I do this? And I questioned myself. I was like talking myself out of it and I, I did it. And that, that project opened up so many doors for me to be on the board of the Chamber of Commerce into other, you know, areas as well. So it really opened the door. So that was one of the challenges being an immigrant and just having self-confidence. Another one which is uh, so common is that you think you know everything. Oh, I don't need support or I can do this. I'll figure all this out. It can't be that hard. And oh, it, it, it's not that easy. <laughs> you need support. And that was one of the things I was very hesitant in getting support. I took too long to get support. So that was definitely one of the challenges in the beginning where you really underestimate the dynamics of having a successful business and so forth, but there's moving parts. So that was another hurdle I have to I had to overcome that. You have to keep going, you have to get support. You can't do everything yourself. No way. Did you lean into the idea that you were a, a immigrant in Canada or did you try to hide the idea? And it's hard to hide that with your accent. Yeah, I mean, there, there's things that we do that we were we feel that we're ashamed of that we shouldn't be ashamed of. Exactly. Are you hiding it or are you leaning into it? Um, that's an interesting question. I think for most times it, it was quite obvious. I I didn't experience initially. I didn't experience a lot of racism or adversity. There were sprinkles of it throughout my journey, but I I was pretty. I didn't want. I definitely didn't hide it. It was who I was, and I was happy and thankful for where I was from. And what it led me to do, though, was to really embrace the other cultures around me. So it wasn't like, I think, and that, that will impact you. If you come as an immigrant wherever, and you're like, just wanting to stick, and this is what I do, this is what I'm used to. You're not open to learning or to experiencing from other persons. So that is it. So... I realized that in order to grow, I had to embrace other cultures. So I had to understand where they were, what they were doing, hanging out with them, eating with them, and so forth. So I, they were excited to learn about me. So that made me very happy to, to share about where I was from and so forth. So definitely, I didn't hide it. I wasn't ashamed of it. I've never been. The only thing I can think of are times when because you are belittled, because you are an immigrant or even a woman immigrant, those are moments that make you just kind of have that review of where you are, what you stand for, and so forth. So those are moments where we will rethink what you're about. And then again, most times when persons are ill-treating, it's more something with them. That's another thing that I've learned because I'm like looking at myself, okay, is it because of how I talk while they're doing this? And that's never justified, right? They've never justified. Well, in, in those situations, do you fight back or turn the other way? I turn the other way. There was an instance where one of my superiors, they, they were like, I can never understand you, and even a colleague as well. And I felt very broken because I, I was like, Everybody else in this company who I talk to, they understand me. They, they, they're not, you know, they would just have this expression as I'm talking. And it was, 
it's like no, nothing I said they could understand. And I, I, it led me to, I didn't get boisterous or so. I just, okay, quietly. And then it made me to realize that, okay, when I'm going to talk with this person, I will just probably word it different or just try to ensure that they understand and so forth. But it, uh, it, it can get you really broken because it, it, it's like a roadblock and you're constantly, or, or a wall, you're constantly being up against this wall. You're going through there. I don't understand you. I can't be different. And if you, are, if you, again, are not confident in who you are, then again, it will cause you to retaliate in wrong ways. But I didn't bash them or anything. I was just more leaning to understand where they were coming from because some people are coming from different areas, different points in, in their journey in life. So that will impact how they relate to you as well. Do you think a, a young Kersha would have been willing to turn the other way? Because um, that's, I mean, that's a very... I think uh, uh, um, something that you, I think you learn for most part over time, like something, a word you said right there was, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out where they're coming from. You mean the baggage that they have and that's why they're coming with this. Um, but that's a very thing that you learn over time. So do you think yes. a young Kersha would have done the same thing and react in the same way? No, a young Kersha just have cried because I do remember <laughs> growing up at points I was, treated badly from my friends or even adults and I would just cry. I just didn't think about why they were doing it. I just, all I could see at that age was I'm being treated badly or unfairly and I'm just crying. I'm not thinking about where they're coming from. I'm just saying I'm hurt. Mm. And yeah, so I, I would just cry. I, I was a crier. I'm still a crier. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything looking back again at a young Kersha um, or, or a person that's looking to kind of find out their footing in life? Is there any advice you might give give that person in, um, in trying to find their path? Definitely be true to who you are. And when I say that, what I mean is I suppressed so many emotions growing up. I was even having a conversation just this week about it. I suppressed if I was feeling angry or if I was feeling fearful, I was afraid to see or, you know, acknowledge that was how I was feeling. I thought I was just being bad to feel this way. So when you are true to yourself, I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling frustrated. I feel scared. I feel stupid. Whatever you feel, I mean, that's the starting point. And then you handle it. You deal with it, get whatever support, pray, whatever you need to do. But that starting point, acknowledging, being honest about how you feel, where you are in your journey in life, that is definitely, definitely important. Something that I'm learning more of, that it's okay. And another thing, because depending on your personality too. So I'm more a leader. I'm more, you know, wanting to go get things done, that kind of person. And I will, it's a rough time. I'm going to find a way to go through and maneuver because you are just strong and especially as a woman that okay you'll this will be done it's tough you'll stay up whatever night will be done that leads you to just not get in touch with your emotions which is something that i was just not doing for years right and that is just not the best way to grow and go through life so definitely 
seek always to get in touch with your emotions. Be honest with yourself. How did this feel? How does this, how does this make me feel? How does this person make me feel? And not only that, to why. So dive deeper into why you're feeling this way. Why is this happening? Why are you reacting this way? Sometimes you might not be able to figure it out on your own, but that will help you in so many areas of your life with your business, your family, relationships, with the choices you make as well. You, you talk about the idea of the journey and you're still trying to figure out the journey. Let's say we're talking in five years from now, where's Kersha going to be? Where's your business going to be? Definitely five years from now, I would be expanding into more countries, touching a whole lot more lives, offering different models. I started training executives in the Caribbean Asia this year. So definitely just expanding the various methods and means of connecting with persons, teaching them about the importance of having successful, profitable businesses that have cash flow. Well, thank you, Krisha, for being here. If someone's listening right now and they want to um, I mean, grow their band, hear more about your speaking engagements, find your books, find more information about you, what's the best way for them to, to find that information? So my website is www.thecashlab.ca. Pretty simple. Cash, C-A-S-H-L-A-B.ca. Or you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm just there as Kersha Camp. I'm happy to hear from you. So you can send me a message or so. That's fine. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kersha, for being here. I mean, I think that's, I mean, you probably... Everyone can remember that cash lab. That's an easy one right there. That's a good one. Yes. I can't believe that was taken right there. Yeah, uh, easy is good. <laughs> Simple. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Keisha, for, for being on the Road to Growth podcast. Um, hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. It doesn't matter where you are today, what country you're living in, anything's impossible. Anything is possible. <laughs> if you just have a, a dream and a want for it. Thank you again. Everyone, please subscribe, please share, and go find Cash Labs. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.